that you have invested in me, Father. I ask that you would speak for me and through me today, oh God. God, I decrease that you might increase, oh God. I ask that you would open up the ears of your listeners today, oh God. Open up their spiritual hearts that they might receive your word. Open up their spiritual eyes that they will not see me, God, but they will see and hear you, Father. God, I just thank you and I praise you today for your word coming forward with the boldness and the authority of you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank God for the opportunity always to stand before God's people. Hallelujah. I thank and praise God for the word today. Um, some of you know I do have a podcast, and I thought I had a word already picked out, and I said I'm just going to recycle what I already put up for this morning. Hallelujah. Uh, out there in cyberspace. Uh, but God, when I got in the word and began to look at that particular word again, God just changed the whole prospect of the message, hallelujah. In the same book, hallelujah, but there was a fresh word for today, hallelujah. So I thank God for his word. If you would turn with me, hallelujah, to 2 Timothy, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. 2 Timothy beginning at the first verse, hallelujah, glory be to God. I do give honor to Bishop, hallelujah, and First Lady, Second uh, Timothy, first chapter. And my companion in his brief absence, hallelujah, he got called to come to work to adjust the thermostat. So um, <laughs> I feel a little, you know, like something missing, but I know that God... It, it, he's my covering, hallelujah. My husband is my second covering, hallelujah. God, I thank you. Paul, the apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace for God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with a pure conscience, Without ceasing, I have remembrance of thee and my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, and in being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call in remembrance of thy feigned faith, that is in thee, for, dwell, for, for which dwell first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou shalt stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Be thou, thou therefore, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be partakers of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to the works, but according to his purpose and his grace, which is given to us in Christ before the world began. Also turn me to the fourth chapter really quick. Beginning at the sixth verse, for, I'm now, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, 
of righteous judge shall give me on that day, and not me only, but until all of them also that love his appearing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you could just turn the mic a little bit. I keep feeling a poof when I speak. And it's kind of distracting. Hallelujah. And my mouth is big already. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We see in this particular chapter, hallelujah, when we begin to look through the word of God and begin to look at this particular chapter of Timothy, we know that this is addressing the letters, hallelujah, that Paul had written. Also the epistle, hallelujah. This book or these letters were also known as the pastoral epistles, hallelujah. They were known as that because of the spiritual um the special spiritual instructions that were given in these particular letters to his son in faith, hallelujah, to his church leaders, hallelujah. These letters also provide us with a glimpse into Paul's thoughts and his feelings as he prepared to pass on his ministry to others. Glory be to God. As I thought about the situation that Paul had now found himself in, hallelujah, that Paul was facing, I began to come to my own conclusion, hallelujah, that this could not have been easy for Apostle Paul. Hallelujah. Here we see that, again, Apostle Paul is finding himself under arrest, hallelujah, being taken to Rome, hallelujah, but this time, instead of being placed on house arrest, hallelujah, and eventually acquitted, hallelujah, he found himself thrown into a maritime prison. Hallelujah. Sentenced to a much more serious crime, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He was, had a death sentence hanging over his head. How many might feel like today, hallelujah, that you've been handed a death sentence? Glory be to God. I'm reminded in my own life when the doctors diagnosed me with breast cancer, hallelujah. Fear tried to grip my heart, hallelujah. Immediately my mind began to flash back, hallelujah, over all the things, hallelujah, that I felt like I still needed to do, hallelujah. About, hallelujah, the things that I, I felt like I had yet to, to see, hallelujah. I, I thought in my mind, hallelujah, for a glimpse, for a minute, I might not see my children graduate, hallelujah, from high school. I begin to think in my mind, hallelujah, I might not see my children graduate from college, hallelujah, or the birth of a grandchild, hallelujah. Fear began to try to grip my heart. Glory be to God. I might not be able to spend the rest of my life out with my, the love of my life, as Sister Larice say, hallelujah, Michael Walker. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I, I can't be certain on what the Apostle Paul was uh, initially feeling, hallelujah, or what he might have been thinking, hallelujah. But one thing I do know, hallelujah, is that, that even though he was full of the Spirit, hallelujah, he was a man like me and you. Hallelujah. He was mortal, hallelujah. He lived in a mortal body, hallelujah. We're not exempt because we're saved, hallelujah, of, of sickness and disease and things that will come upon our body, hallelujah. We're still mortal. Hallelujah. I can only imagine, hallelujah, thinking in my mind, hallelujah, here he sat shackled, hallelujah, in a cold and, and dim lit and, and damp and musty cell, hallelujah. No doubt thinking over the 32 years that he spent in ministry. And his life journeys, hallelujah, as I begin to 
wonder, praise God, in myself, if the Apostle Paul sat there, praise God, and began to think about all the churches that he had set up and established, hallelujah, and the work of the ministry, praise God, that he had been so willing to lay his life down for. I wondered if he was thinking back over all the things that he had suffered and already survived, hallelujah. I wondered if like me, praise God, he was having flashbacks praying in his mind, hallelujah, of the five times he received 40 stripes, hallelujah, minus one. Or the three times that he had been beaten with the rod, hallelujah. Or maybe in his mind, hallelujah, he was thinking about being once stoned and left for dead, hallelujah. Or the three times he was shipwrecked, hallelujah. Maybe he's thinking about, hallelujah, when he was snake bit and he shook it off, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Flashbacks, hallelujah. Maybe he began to have flashbacks of the, of the journeys and all the things that he survived, hallelujah, praise God. The journeys of the dangerous waters, hallelujah. The journeys of the dangerous place, hallelujah, that he went into, hallelujah, and faced risks, hallelujah, of being robbed, hallelujah. Maybe he thought about the, the dangerous times and the dangerous journeys that he took in the wilderness, hallelujah, from seen and unseen danger, hallelujah. Maybe the apostle Paul thought about, all the times that he traveled over the dangerous seas, glory be to God. No doubt in my mind, hallelujah, he had to think about the times when he sat among people that smiled in his face and pretend like they had his best interest in mind, that they pretend like they had his back, hallelujah, all setting up traps and, and setting up plots all at the same time for his demise, hallelujah. I'm pretty sure he thought about, he was weary, praise God, of all the times, hallelujah, that is sacrifice sleep hallelujah praying for the people of God hallelujah late in the midnight hour we in the morning hours hallelujah apostle Paul had went through some things hallelujah maybe he was thinking about the time when he was in prison just recently on house arrest hallelujah and acquitted hallelujah maybe he thought about the times when he was hungry praise God and thirsty praise God the many times when he sacrificed and fasted for the people of God hallelujah as much as I tried to imagine myself, hallelujah, visualizing and getting in the scripture with the writer of the text, praise God, there was no way I could truly really understand, hallelujah, the totality of what Apostle Paul was going through. The things that he had to endure through this situation that he now found himself in. Just like us in our lives, hallelujah, whenever we're facing situation praise God even though someone is right there with you hallelujah going through it with you hallelujah praying with you holding your hands hallelujah wiping your tears praise God there's no way hallelujah they can actually know the totality of what's going on in your mind hallelujah the pain and the grief that you are suffering hallelujah why because no two people deal with a situation the same no two people deal with a circumstance in the same way. What I learned in psychology through my study of the behavior of people, praise God, that we all have this mechanism inside of us, praise God. It's called fight or flight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What I found out through my studies of the Apostle Paul is indeed he was a fighter all the way to the end. Hallelujah. 
He recognized that uh, the close of his life or the end of his life was coming, hallelujah. But yet he was satisfied, for he had to learn, praise God. He said in his word, I learned to be content in whatever state I'm in, hallelujah. He was satisfied knowing, praise God, that he had done his best for God, hallelujah, that had called him, hallelujah. He found out, hallelujah, according to that third verse, if you look at the third verse, he began to say in the third verse, it was evident, he said, I serve God as my forefathers with a pure conscience. In other words, free of guilt, nothing weighing on him, praise God. Hallelujah. In the 12th verse, Paul stated that he had suffered many things, but he was not ashamed because he knew in whom he believed. He said he was uh, persuaded that God was able to keep that. Whatever it is today that you're going through, whatever it is that thing is for you that you've given to God, just know he is persuaded to keep that, which is committed to him against the day which is to come. So Paul knew that there was a day that was going to come, hallelujah. He knew that he had been given a death sentence. He knew he would probably never get out of prison alive. He knew, praise God, that he might never see his beloved Timothy again. But despite all he was going through, praise God, I see nowhere in the letter, hallelujah, where he made a list of all his sufferings, of all his pains, hallelujah. But the main thing that was resting and weighing on the apostles Paul Hart was the concern for the church, hallelujah, and his concern for his sons in the faith, hallelujah. Glory be to God. He didn't get discouraged and crawl up in a fetal position, hallelujah, and wait to die, hallelujah, but he made up in his mind, praise God, that if he couldn't physically be there to fight, hallelujah, if he couldn't get on the outside to do the work of the ministry, hallelujah, that when he would spend his last days instructing and imparting into Timothy, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Paul was giving him, hallelujah, the power of the written word concerning the future of the ministry, hallelujah. I believe Paul, being full of the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, had a glimpse in what was to come, praise God. He knew that Timothy would encounter persecution and turmoil, praise God, in dealing with false teachers in the congregation. It was imperative by the Holy Spirit to work through the apostle Paul to set some things in order. Glory be to God. This letter, I believe, was written, hallelujah, the, the Bible tells us or scholars tell us that it was written right before he was martyred, this particular letter. The apostle Paul knew, hallelujah, his student. He knew his son, praise God. He knew the spirit of Timothy, praise God. He knew that he needed to be encouraged, praise God. Not only encouraged, hallelujah, he knew that he needed to prepare him for what was to come. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. When I begin to look, uh, when we begin to look at this second letter, praise God, we can see that it was a more personal letter, praise God. I say it was more personal because it was different than the style of the previous letter. He was addressing Timothy here as my dearly beloved son. He was speaking to him as a father speaking to his son. 
We know that there were no biological relationship between them. The Apostle Paul was not an instrument in the initial spiritual uh, conversion of Timothy, praise God. Because we know from the scripture that as a young man, Timothy was already a believer and a disciple uh, when he met Apostle Paul, according to Acts 16, hallelujah. However, Paul was responsible for his circumcision. Spiritually, Apostle Paul became his father. He took him in and took him. He was his mentor, hallelujah. Paul was training him to be like-minded. Many times he accompanied Paul in instance to Jerusalem, hallelujah, and to Rome, hallelujah. When the apostle Paul became hindered and could no longer go on these missions, hallelujah, or take these journeys, hallelujah, he entrusted Timothy, hallelujah, and sent him as a representative to Thessalonica, then to Macedonia, to Corinthian, even Ephesus, hallelujah. Now let me give you a little bit of background about Timothy. Timothy was a native, praise God, of Lystra, hallelujah. His mother was a Jew and his daddy was a Greek, hallelujah. He was trained in the Old Testament, praise God. He was brought up under the Old Testament, glory be to God. Hallelujah. He was highly esteemed among the brethren in Lystra and Econ. Iconum, hallelujah. One thing about Timothy I found, though, that was a flaw in Timothy. Like many of us, hallelujah, Timothy had a timid nature, praise God. He lacked confidence, hallelujah. He was easily frightened. So now we know why it was so important for the Apostle Paul to not only to encourage him, but to inform him. Paul may have been a little bit concerned, hallelujah, thinking about and knowing what was to come, hallelujah. Knowing that although he himself, hallelujah, possessed the mechanism to fight when trouble come, hallelujah, he might have thought about his student apostle, uh, his student Timothy, praise God, and knew that Timothy might have the opposite reaction and take flight. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 16 and 10 tell us that Paul advised the Corinthian church. He said, I'm sending Timothy. Now if he come to you, don't scare him off. Glory be to God. For he's doing the work of the Lord as I do. How many know church folks will scare some people off? Woo. My God, if they don't look like us, act like us, sound like us, walk like us, talk like us, you ain't part of us. Pretty soon people get weary of being pushed to the side all the time and taken for granted, hallelujah, and stepped over, praise God, and then they just leave. Hallelujah. Apostle Paul, praise God, he could not afford, hallelujah, for Timothy to have a flighty spirit at the sign of trouble, hallelujah. After all the journeys and all the training, praise God, and all the mentoring he had been through with Timothy, as my sister Larissa said the other day, praise God, he was vested. He had put in too much time. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. After all, people had already left Apostle Paul. They had turned their backs on him and walked away, praise God. If you look at that 15th verse, praise God, it begins to tell us, praise God. He said, this thou knowest, that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me, to whom in Pelagris and Hermogenes, something like that. They left him, left him. Hallelujah. I submit to you today that it would have been counterproductive for the 
Apostle Paul to spend all his time toiling in the ministry, late in the midnight hours, setting up churches in Asia Minor, setting up churches in Europe to have them after he's martyred to just fall apart. Hallelujah. Because he was not prepared or because he had not prepared himself for what was to come. Hallelujah, Jesus. So we see in this writing the Apostle Paul beginning that fourth verse to tell Timothy how much he missed him, praise God. He began to tell him how much he loved him, praise God. And we see likewise, Timothy was saying the same thing, hallelujah. Because when you look at the verse, he began to say about Timothy tears, hallelujah. How he cried when he see him, praise God. Letting us know how much he felt for him, glory be to God. The Apostle Paul begins to remind Timothy of what he saw inside of him. He was, praise God, encouraging his son in the faith to continue in the work of the ministry. He was reminding Paul of his unframed faith, which means genuine feelings, sincere, praise God, void of pretense or uh, hypocrisy, hallelujah. Many times people say they love you, praise God. But the feelings, praise God, are not genuine, praise God. False and embellishment, pretense, praise God. Just trying to get under you to see what you got going on. Hallelujah, Jesus. Don't want you to get one step ahead of them. So if I pretend like I'm your friend, I always know what's going on with you. Glory be to God. The fifth chapter, the Apostle Paul reminds him of the sincere faith that is in him. If you look at that particular passage, praise God, Paul went on to say, praise God, I know it's in you, hallelujah, because it was in your grandmama Lois, hallelujah. He said that same faith is in your mama Eunice, hallelujah. Paul went on to say, I am persuaded that it is also in you. In other words, he's saying, I'm convinced, praise God. Look at the person next to you and say, have you convinced anybody lately? Hallelujah, Jesus. He said, wherefore, I'm reminding you because I am persuaded. I'm not reminding you to stir up the gift. Hallelujah. Whatever that gift is in you, you need to stir it up. Hallelujah. The Bible didn't tell us what that gift that was in Timothy was, praise God. But I'm telling you today, hallelujah, that God said you need to stir up the gift that's in you. In today's vernacular, all Apostle Paul was saying to Timothy is, I done laid hands on you. Timothy. Stop being so timid. Stop being so afraid. It's time for you to step up to the plate. The hour is near. My time is at hand. I need you to have my back. I need you to step up. I need you to stir up the gift. Whoa, shut it up, Osa. God is telling somebody today, whatever that gift is that's been laid on you, praise God, I need you to stir it up. If it's a gift of singing, I need you to sing. If it's a gift of teaching, I need you to teach. If it's a gift of praying, you better start praying. If it's a gift of prophecy, you better prophesy. If it's a gift of giving, start giving. I need you to stir it up. Stir up the gift. If your gift is exhortation, you better start exhorting somebody. Stir up the gift. Whoa, shut out up, Osa. He said, you think you're not ready, but you're ready. It's time for you to step up to that sincere faith that's in you, hallelujah. Just trust in God, hallelujah. 
hallelujah. Apostle Paul said to Timothy, hallelujah, in that seventh verse, he said, God has not given us, God has not given us, come on, say it with me, church, God has not given us, God has not given us, God has not given us. He said, God has not given us, he has not given me, he has not given you the spirit of fear. When I realized, hallelujah, at that point, hallelujah, what I realized when I began to read that, and he said, God has not given us, when he wrote to Timothy that God had not given us, to me that meant at some point the apostle Paul was afraid, hallelujah, because if he was not, he would have wrote, God has not given you. But he said in that text, God has not given us the spirit of fear. I find out a lot of times when I preach or when I talk to somebody, I'm not only encouraging that person, but I'm encouraging myself. Sometime in your life, you have to pat your own self on the back. You have to encourage yourself. He so I believe while the apostle Paul was writing Timothy, he was reminding himself, I know I'm, I'm on death row, but I have a prayer conscience. I know my time is near, but I'm not going to, I'm going to use the time that I have left. I know that these are uncertain times, but I serve a certain God who will never leave me or forsake me. I might not be sure of what's going to happen in the future to me, to you, or to this ministry, hallelujah, but that we worked so hard to establish. But one thing I can tell you is that God has not given us the spirit of fear. How many know today that fear is a spirit, hallelujah? That's why you don't live in it all day, every day. Can you remember one time in your life where you spent all day in fear, 24 hours a day? No, you cannot. Why? Because it's a spirit. It will come and it will go. It waits to find a weakness in your life and it tries to take over a certain situation or a certain thing. Job said, the thing that I feared the most came upon me. Ask yourself a question, what is it that you're fearing? You have to recognize that the spirit of fear when it comes, recognize the spirit when it tries to come upon you. Don't give no room to it to overtake you. Begin to speak the word over it. Begin to declare that God has not given me the spirit of fear. No matter what it is, you better speak over this thing. God has given us the spirit of power. He has given us love and a sound mind. Glory be to God. Now the good news Bible, hallelujah. In the good news Bible, it reads a little different. It said God has not given us the spirit of timid or fearfulness. Instead, his spirit fills us with power. Power meaning the capacity. You got to get this. The capacity or the ability to direct or influence behavior. Emotions of others and ourselves or a course of events. When I heard that, I'm telling you, I was at my desk. Whew. The power of the spirit of the Lord fell on me when I heard that. I believe if we can ever get this thing and understand that through faith and the dunamis power, our, the strength and the power and the ability, the power from the Holy Spirit will give us the capacity 
we have the ability to control our behavior and emotions. In other words, your behavior and your emotions ain't got no business controlling you. We have the dunamis power living on the inside of us. We can speak to that thing. Not only our emotions, but we have the ability, he said, to affect other people's emotions. Jesus. And I was like, God, we can affect other people more? He said, yeah. He said, when you're preaching, you're affecting people. The Holy Spirit is going out. People's emotions are being touched. People's feelings are being changed. They, they, you can change their action, their belief. When you speak the word. That thing is powerful. You got to get that. It's powerful. It's going to change your life if you just get that in your spirit. That when you start acting crazy and the flesh start acting up and that behavior start getting out of control when you want to cut somebody out. You better declare, I got the dunamis living inside of me. The apostle Paul said in the seventh verse hallelujah for God has not given us the spirit of fear but a power and love love meaning an intense feeling a deep affection God has given us his love his agape love he created us to love and be loved Jesus said in John 13 and 35 by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another the apostle Paul said that God has not given us only power and love but he gave us a sound mind Sound mind means having the capacity to think, to reason, to understand for oneself. It ain't no sense in us acting like we would act, listening to other people and following every weary doctrine, false ideology, foolishness that come our, over our ears. You have the capacity and the ability to think for yourself. The Apostle Paul knew that false teachers was coming. And Timothy needed to have wisdom of the Holy Ghost and the capacity to think, to reason, and to understand what was truth. The Bible interprets sound mind as self-control. If ever there was a time when we needed to be bold, full of the Holy Spirit, wisdom, love, and self-control, now is the time. If you don't believe me, just turn on CNN or the news. Listen to what we have to choose from for a presidential candidate. My God, it saddens me, it dismays me at the state of our nation. It's unbelievable and shocking of the so-called politic nonsense that's coming out of the mouth of an elected, elected candidate that has not one ounce of self-control. Every day, something new. What's even more disturbing is the number of people the number of devoted followers that's following him like a sheep to the slaughter. Glory be to God. They are people who do not have a sound mind, who have no capacity to think, to reason, or to understand for themselves. Better yet, look at the racial tension. Racial tension that's going on in our country. Right now, our black men are being gunned down by police, praise God. Killed with no repercussion, hallelujah, of wrongful death, hallelujah. We can't afford to be afraid. We have to stand in unity for what's right. There's situation, praise God. It, are, it is these situations, hallelujah, that if we're not careful, that will take over us. The spirit of fear, the spirit of anger, even the spirit of hate is crouching at our door.
God has not given his children the spirit of fear. Apostle Paul reminds Timothy, praise God, in that eighth verse, to not be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. He said, nor for me as his prisoner. In other words, don't be ashamed to tell others of the goodness of the Lord, who he is and what he has done in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, please don't be ashamed of me, his prisoner. I love that verse because in that verse, Paul began to give no victory to the enemy. He boldly declared he is the Lord's prisoner. What Paul was saying, in case you missed it, is I'm not a prisoner because of the system. I'm not a prisoner because I've been sentenced to this place. Is that what you thought? He began to say, praise God, is that how you see it? No, baby, I want you to know you got this thing all wrong if you see it like that, hallelujah. What I'm here to say, hallelujah, is Apostle Paul said, I'm not here because of the situation or the circumstance that's taking place in my life, hallelujah. I'm not here because the system has pronounced a death sentence over my life, hallelujah. I'm not here because the doctors has diagnosed me with an illness, hallelujah, that might take me out, praise God. I'm not here because of something that I may have said or done hallelujah i'm here today hallelujah in this place hallelujah because to because to live is christ and to die is gain hallelujah he said i'm a partaker of the affliction of the gospel according to the grace of god hallelujah he said i encourage you timothy that you also be a partaker as well hallelujah he began to say hallelujah for it is god who has called us it is god who has saved us hallelujah with the holy calling not according to the works not according to my works he said but according to god's own purpose god's own grace which was given to us before the foundation of the world Paul was able to endure all the things that he went through, hallelujah, because he was called with a holy calling, glory be to God. Not because of how many churches he had set up, not because of how many journeys he had experienced, hallelujah, and had near-death experience, praise God, but he was saved because he was called with a holy calling according to God's own purpose, God's grace, hallelujah, not Paul's own purpose, but God's purpose, hallelujah. Paul would have never had the grace to go through the things that he went through on his own, praise God. We don't have the grace to go through what we're dealing with in our lives today, hallelujah. But God has given us his purpose, his grace in Christ Jesus before the world began. I declare to you today that no matter what is going on in your life, hallelujah, you might as well accept it, hallelujah. So when the purpose that God has for you is complete, when God withdraws his grace from your life, there's not a thing you can do about it. The situation and the circumstance is over, hallelujah. I heard Bishop White preach once. He said, you know when a season in your life is over, praise God, because God no longer gives you the grace to do it, hallelujah. Whether it's a friendship, whether it's working two jobs, whatever it is, God is no longer giving you the grace for it. It might just be that God's grace has departed for that situation. Paul knew his time was at now. That is why he had now to encourage Timothy to hold on to the sincere faith, to stir up the gift, 
to be partakers of the affliction. He reminded him that he was not, he had not saved himself, but he was saved and called by God to keep himself holy according to the purpose and the grace of God. The apostle Paul went on to end it, the letter, after saying, encouraging, imparting, and instructing. In that whole entire second chapter, he encouraged him on spiritual warfare. He encouraged him again on being a, a good example. He began to tell him, praise God, what to expect in the last times. He went on to tell him how to live a godly life. And then he went on, praise God, in 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, and the sixth and eighth verse. He said, for I'm ready to be offered up. The time of my departure is at hand, praise God. It said in one version, praise God. He said, I'm, also, I'm already poured out as a drink offering. And my time of departure is near, hallelujah. He said, I have fought a good fight, hallelujah. He said, I have finished my course. In other words, I finished my race. I have kept the faith, praise God. Glory be to God. Now there is stored up a crown of righteousness, which the Lord righteous judge will award me on that day, hallelujah. Not only me, hallelujah, but to all, hallelujah, who long for his appearance, hallelujah. Fight a good faith, hallelujah. The subject for today, hallelujah, is keep the faith, hallelujah. You better keep the faith, church. We're living in the last days. You better keep that sincere faith, hallelujah. Fight a good fight. Fight a good fight. Don't turn back. Don't back down. Don't give in. Be sincere. Fight a good fight. Fight a good fight. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. You better fight. You better fight. You better fight, young people. Stir up your gift and fight. Don't be scared. Don't be ashamed. You better fight. Whoa, shut it up, Elsa. Hallelujah. 